0: Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading, no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Sultan, Tony Dosen. Yes, my name is Tony Dosen, the Sultan. Welcome to another edition of Splinters on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM And on the web at www.hhfm.com.au and also at podcasts.com. Wherever you pick up your podcasts, whether that be TuneIn, Spotify or iTunes through podcasts.com. In this episode, we're going to go a little bit different. We mentioned right at the start of Splinters last November that we're going to be covering the issues and the stories that you probably don't hear about in mainstream media. That the big boys don't want to talk about don't want to know about. We also made a point of staying local, very much in the Hornsby and guy, and then breaking out into that Northern Beaches area. Well, this episode ticks both of those boxes big time. Matt McSorley has just been appointed as the new head coach for the Hornsby Swimming Club. And those of you that know the Hornsby Aquatic Centre will probably have seen him around, just doing the rounds already. Uh, We thought it was a good opportunity to bring him in here to Triple H and talk swimming in this episode of Splinters. Matt McSorley, welcome aboard. Careful of those splinters at the bottom end of the bench there, but welcome aboard.
1: Thank you so much, Tony, for Salton, for having me in today. I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, it's a big effort coming in and giving me your time to be able to talk about all things that are dear to me, which is the water and and the Hornsby Pool and the Hornsby Swim Club. So I
0: appreciate it. Indeed. Well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to give... The locals a voice they don't get elsewhere. Tell me a bit more about yourself. You mentioned uh, to me in the green room that water has been your life, that uh, water is your life. We can't go into the full chapter and verse, but what's the brief background? Because I understand you're a Northern Beaches person initially.
1: Yeah, I am. I am still a Northern Beaches person, actually. Um, I've grown up on the beaches, I grew up as a competitive swimmer. Uh, through Manly Pool, um, had a few coaches there, and Warringah Aquatic Center after it was built back in the day, and I moved forward into doing my lifeguarding and surfing all the way through. I've always done life-saving as well, um, and I, last year I did the world titles for the Molokai Paddle Race, which is 55 k's across the One of the big the paddle races
0: in the world of uh, yeah. ocean paddling.
1: A hundred percent and it was tough. It was one of the toughest things I've done before and I really enjoyed it. it the, the fact that I was in the water and surrounded by nothing but my arms and the water was exactly what I was after. And nine years ago, I was kayak coaching at the time for Guy Leach and then decided to try and get into swimming. It was a little more family orientated for me because I have uh, five kids and wanted to be around a little bit more for them
0: some big names there you just dropped one of the biggest names in australian sporting history uh an iconic name in guy leach and the likes of craig riddington on the northern beaches were probably contemporaries of yours back in the day which club is were you still still lifeguarding for today
1: i lifeguard for the. uh don't do it as much now northern beaches uh and back in the day it was ringer or manly and private ones as well for different surf contests so being able to put myself on the beach for a day in the water,
0: if I can do that, then that's that's a good day, Tony, for me. <laughs> oh, jeez. And if you get paid to do it, that's even a bonus. Now, speaking of which, what attracted you to the position at Hornsby Swimming Club that you've just taken up? For me, the attraction started,
1: I was coaching Narrabeen Sports High School's Swim Academy, um, and things were going very well. I was very comfortable in my job, but maybe a little too comfortable for me, and... The opportunity came up to came and look at this job at Barker, who um, wanted to see if I could take on the Hornsby situation. And for me, it was the challenge. I was going to work. It was ho-hum. I wasn't really putting in enough effort in my days. Mm. And it's not the kind of person I am. So I wanted the challenge. So to be able to come out and work for Barker, learn from some of the best coaches in the nation in a system that is going to be and is building to be the best that there is nationwide
0: speaking of that system uh, a lot of people locally will probably see that oh this is just Barker spreading the tentacles it's not really the Hornsby swimming club (laughs) it's just Barker they're wearing the Barker colours they've got Barker gear on it's Barker kids coming in it's nothing in it for us as in locals who will never get to the elite level but who need to swim for various reasons if for nothing else just to stay active and healthy in an environment and in a lifestyle, which is increasingly becoming computer bound.
1: I can totally appreciate the opinions of people that look at it that way, but it's not the, it's not how it is at all with Barker and Hornsby. I'm placed over there to utilize the references and the systems that are in place and hopefully be able to impart them onto the Hornsby people. So for me, I get to work with the Hornsby, there's actually only a couple of Barker students that are there and it's not elite swimming. There is a small, small percentage of elite swimming at that pool and the rest of it is, is you and I, Joe Blows, just wanting to swim, get better at their stroke, keep their physical fitness up, and maybe have a goal or two, an ocean swim here or a triathlon there, do a little better at their school swimming carnival and, and just try and enjoy this water life a little bit more. So. It's not all about elitism at all.
0: You mentioned uh, average Joe blows. What would be then the average age or not the the spread of age group, not an average age group, the spread of ages now in your squad? I'd venture to say they'd be many and varied compared to what you were used to uh, back at Narrabeen Sports High.
1: Well, the last pull I did was the same. I actually used to do baby classes. So I'd be singing nursery rhymes <laughs> with the mums and the six-month-olds all the way through to a, a gentleman that I had who was 91. Never swum before in his life, and he wanted to, uh, wanted to learn before he's, in his older <laughs> days. You know, before he, before he left the earth, he wanted, wanted to be able to learn to throw his arms over. Tick and the s- box. Yeah, that's it. So I, I do all and in between, but now I'm able to just concentrate on, on out-of-the-water coaching And I have from six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, all. Don't want to upset my um, Mm -hmm. adults, adult squad members. So I'm going to roughly say about 65, and hopefully, fingers crossed, in that ballpark. In In that
0: ballpark, you know, approximately. Yes. All right. Well, how important is it to set the right program for the right age group? I know this. We're probably talking coaching 101 here, but how important is it to set that right program and get the basics right when you have to, in some cases, strip it all back and take it back to basics.
1: Through experience, through experience with having done it before with people that uh, have their separate goals, have their health issues, they may have a sore shoulder, their physio said, no, I can't do this. You need to be able to tailor it to that. You can't just walk in there as a coach and go, this is what we're doing today and we're going to do this and nothing else. It doesn't work that way. You, you might have... Someone come in and they've hurt their foot at school, mm. and you need to tailor it for them to keep them in the water and keep them swimming as well and thoroughly enjoy what they're doing. Otherwise, they're not going to come back. They compared, don't want to to, be there. compared
0: to someone who may have a cardio problem, Correct. a heart problem, so you've got to ease off on the intensity in that case.
1: Put the brakes on a little bit for them. That's exactly right. And make sure that you're not there, you know, you've got to watch them at every moment, their facial expressions, their body language. They'll tell you what they are and aren't capable of doing.
0: Indeed. All right. So what about numbers? How many now would be, not so much under your direct coaching, but how many would be under your supervision or your guidance at Hornsby Swimming Club as distinct now from Barker, for instance?
1: Yeah, well, very separate to Barker. So for our Hornsby pool, I'd say there'd be around 40, 50... And it's growing every day. So I'm getting new clients every day that want to come in, see me at the end of the pool, like you said earlier, and, and just asking questions. You know, what is this about? It They're seeing that it's not just elitism and they're seeing that the squads are open for people. And they come and have a chat with me on pool deck and, and I'm able to talk to them about what's doing. So for them, yeah, it's usually about that 40 to 60, I think. And yeah, it is definitely growing. We definitely foresee it going to least over 100, but within the centre itself, oh, Tony, I couldn't tell you how many people <laughs> there swim, they're swimming all the time in there in squads and, and in their lanes, so...
0: Tell me about the Hornsby Aquatic Centre. I'm not going to go into the politics because that was done to death at the time it was built. There were critics, there were people that defended it and the money spent, etc., but it's been in operation now for a number of years, a good number of years. You've come in as a relatively fresh face away from all that baggage how important is the Hornsby Aquatic Centre that you see in the life of Hornsby residents right now? How much use does this Hornsby swimming pool and aquatic centre get?
1: Well, firstly, thanks for saying fresh faced. I'm I'm a little old in the tooth at the moment, so I feel <laughs> been up since three o'clock. So I do appreciate <laughs> you saying that. You know Tony. what I say though? Fresh faced yeah, as yeah, far no, as the I, baggage
0: that preceded the building of this facility.
1: And, and coming in as a fresh person and not having been involved in that era of the setup of this pool, I think's the bonus. I come in and I see nothing but good things in this pool. I arrive at the pool at 5.15 in the morning, there's people waiting at the gate to get in.
0: Knocking but, on the knock, door.
1: Knock, here I am. Well, they do actually, they say, well, why are you allowed <laughs> in and I'm not allowed in? So in we go, they're 5.30, they're, they're in the water, ready to go. The other day, My first day here at that pool, it was raining and it was, I had the umbrella up. I was trying to tough it out. No umbrella, you know, new first day of cool Mm. umbrella came up and I could not believe the amount of people swimming, steam coming off the pool, (laughs) all lanes full, absolutely teeming down with rain. And it was cold. Like it was very cold, very unusual. I've been indoor pool. So now I'm outdoor pool and it was full and I leave at seven o'clock at night. And they're still in there swimming, so so you have to kick them out. Well, that's not my job, thank goodness, because then they won't <laughs> swim with me. So we finish our session at seven o'clock, and then there's some lane spaces for people to uh, do their own thing
0: after mm-hmm. that as well. Fair enough. What do you find then, since you've come, is the most rewarding or the most surpri- Actually, the most surprising factor, firstly, since you've uh, since you've arrived here, because you obviously were told that you know here's the facility, it's the outdoor facility, here's how it's going to operate, but what have you found is the most surprising thing going back into a, a public environment compared to a enclosed school environment? The, diff, the main
1: thing that I've noticed is spirit. So within my swimmers, within the swimmers of Hornsby Club, we had a, a meet at the uh, Metro Northwest when I was here only a couple of days. And on that weekend, we went to the Metro Northwest. The amount of spirit they had in their swimming and thought process behind what they do so they were further advanced than I ever thought they could be for their age and it was a real it was a real rewarding day for me I went home and you know spoke to the family about it and I'm still talking about it now Mm. I I really like that spirit but personally I go to work I have lifeguards I have the customer service at the counter hi Matt how are you do you like a coffee we put a tent up it's absolutely teeming down outside today Do you need an umbrella I have been welcomed into this community far greater than I could ever imagine. I was quite worried. I'm coming from the Northern Beaches. I've not had an established uh, coaching role up here in, in the Northwest. And, yeah, absolutely amazing community spirit. I, I'm blown away
0: by it. You mentioned uh, getting back to the community and to the point that this is not about elites. Well, I mean, Sure, we're going to talk about some of the charges under your care, and where they could be going in the second half of this episode. But how important is it, without wanting to be too disrespectful to your predecessor, that this gets back to the grassroots, for want of a better term. This gets back to people swimming rather than worried about making elite teams to swim at Olympic Games. Because 98% of us aren't going to get within a bull's roar of an Olympic swimming or a world championship swimming titles uh, final in any discipline.
1: hundred percent, Tony. And that that's the catalyst of me coming to this pool is that I, I'm looking at an encompassing swim program. I want people swimming for fitness. I want people swimming to enjoy the water life that I've had since day dot. Yep. And my family enjoys the exact same thing. And if we can't give that water experience, is there anything better then getting into a pool, the ocean, snorkelling, scuba diving, surfing, all of these water environments are given to you because you can swim. If you can't swim and look after yourself in the water, you can't have the water life that I think that everyone deserves. And that's what brings me to swimming.
0: Well, we are an island nation in Australia. We are girt by sea as per the words of the now controversial National Anthem. uh, We have this great history, this great culture of going to Bondi Beach on Christmas Day when no one else in the world can even contemplate that because it's too cold. We have this history of the bronzed Aussie going back to Chesty Bond and all of that. We have that uh, uh, culture and we have that history. Are we losing that in your your mind or is it something that... We still have to keep working on, given the changing dynamic of the Australian demographic, particularly in the last 15 or 20 years, where we have people from other backgrounds, non-swimming cultures, having to take up the option of having to learn to swim to enjoy that water life.
1: Oh, Tony, it's getting harder and harder. I mean, you have iPads, iPhones, Xboxes, Playstations, the amount of things out there to distract you from what is real and having a go at something new is endless. But what I do find here, in, since I've been here, I have one, uh, one child who's boy who swims with me. He's a brilliant kid. He's the only one in his family that can swim. And not really? only can he swim, he can swim really well. He turns up to every squad session he's supposed to. And his dad spoke to me the other day and he was, he was telling me the story of how no one, generational, Aunties, uncles, no one else is swimming within the family except this young one. And he comes in all the time. And he's happy and he loves it. So I think that the whole dynamic change is something that is going to shift back. I think generations are now going, okay, that's enough of that electric stuff. You still need to have that balance. You've got to get out and get your exercise. You've got to go out and get your foundations. And there's no better foundation than swimming.
0: How long do you think it will take to get to where it was. I know it's a, a moot question because how long's a piece of string, but you have to start somewhere. You
1: certainly do. And I feel that the governing bodies of swimming, swimming in New South Wales, swimming Australia, have turned the corner. So when they're projecting out the right things, then, as you know, it'll trickle down to everyone through. So I think with those guys starting to develop the right mantra coming down, then it's starting to come through. And, and again, not just for your race swimmers, for your club swimmers, for for your average swimmers, to your fitness swimmers, to everyone. And it will trickle down. And, you know, you ha- you still have your Laurie Lawrence who's still involved. And you have these older cultured people still having influence, which is what we need.
0: Stay alive, do the five. The Laurie Lawrence ads, et cetera. How sad was it to see that Swimming Australia and Swimming New South Wales had to the almost forced drag kicking and screaming into changing uh, that culture given the events of, of this decade that we had to a competitive level reach that bottom level that we did in London 2012 for the light to switch on and for the penny to drop to say, hey, this is not the right way. We have to bring other people. You know, John Bertrand has come in as head of Swimming Australia and his role as a figurehead from outside has been marked.
1: Well, for me, I feel that if you're not utilising the resources within your nation to build your organisation, well, then you're not doing the right thing. So, yes, they got to a point where the results were not what our national standard would be. And it certainly wasn't of, you know, years past as well. So when they then decided, okay, we need to work on this, I think they've done the right thing. and, And they've changed their direction as quickly as possible. So to bring in the outside people that have results and they know how to get results all across the board from, as I said, from young through to elite, then I think they're on the right path. And I definitely know there's decisions getting made now that will benefit all the way through consistently.
0: Okay. Take us back then to the local level, Um, the, the Barker link and the Hornsby link. There's still going to be some people out there that will see it as an elitist Barker takeover of the Hornsby Swimming Club um, with the Barker colours, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what you're telling me off air in the green room, a very separate demarcation between the two, and you are very much, okay, wearing Barker colours, but you are not coaching any Barker swimmers per se. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. So the the ideal is that once the last coach left Hornsby Pool, there were lanes vacant for squad swimmers. And the head of aquatics, Hayden Belshaw, decided to have this a look the at. This is the Barker it. head of aquatics we're yes, talking absolutely. about. absolutely. And, and, and one of one of the great people in Australian swimming. So he decided to have a look at the lanes and whether or not it would be something that would be it would work for Barker. So they decided if they could get the right person in. They would then try and take these lanes on, and, and not only as elite swimming, but for all swimming. So it also helps Barker in the fact that, yes, as I said before, I'm employed by them. But when I stand at carnivals, I'm standing in a Hornsby shirt. I do not a Barker in, shirt. No Barker shirt. I'm in a Hornsby shirt, and I'm very proud of it. Our first meet, our swimming relay team, the girl, they, they beat Barker. And I was one of the happiest person <laughs> to be able to walk back to the Barker bench and go, boys, girls, you better lift your game. The yep. no Hornsby crew
0: are coming. <laughs> Indeed, and just a quiet little nod to Hayden yeah, saying, you know what, you. I'm here, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so uh, take me through then a normal day. If, you, if such a thing exists, um, a normal average day, a weekday, because I know weekends are a completely different beast. In your life, in your working life, now down at Hornsby Aquatic Centre. You mentioned already the start times and the finish times and some of the things that you get covered off on with the staff that you have at your disposal that you probably didn't have elsewhere. But take us through a normal day. What does that entail?
1: Normal day for me starts at 3am. Leave the Northern Beaches, try not to wake up the family so I don't get in trouble because you don't want to come home (laughs) to trouble. And I would go... I actually go training myself at the Hornsby Anytime Fitness. Yep. Um, I try and get myself out into the community and get to know what's happening a little bit more. So I go there, I train, get changed, and then I go down to the pool. It's just next door. When I go into the pool, straight up, and I see the customer care team, there's a lot of different people in it. Mm. And in fact, yesterday, the lady in the customer care who's raising money through selling beanies, Yep. Has, I she personally made knitted me one.
0: So, uh, yeah, it was
1: brilliant. It's, and as I said, that community spirit, I'm getting welcomed in with open arms. So i would go upstairs. I'm able then to use my Barker resources to get out my programming. Mm-hmm. I'll be running my squads with the programmings that I'm learning and that I'm receiving with Barker. And in the lanes next to me, Barker actually have their gold and silver squads. So the head of aquatics would be there and their head coaches would be there taking their lanes while I'm taking mine as well. So we'll probably- Side by side. So they'd side have two, you'd
0: have two, say for instance.
1: Yeah, depending on numbers, that's it. That's how it rolls. And we work together. I might have a, see something happening in their squads. They might see something happening in my squads. We converse about it. And, and we try and make these swimmers of all levels. Cause in the mornings for me, when I start at 5.30, I, I have adults mostly. Yeah, And yeah. the adults just want to get their hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes swimming. Before they head on their day, yeah, and and it has to be entertaining. You can't. If you're getting up at five thirty, Tony, and you're going swimming.
0: You don't want to see a black line because you'll go, you'll go stir crazy.
1: And there's many examples of some that have. So <laughs> we won't go there. No, way. no, no, no. This is a family program. That it is. So we do make it entertaining for the adults as well. We want them to come in for that social experience as well as the fitness experience, and again, achieving their water goals that they've set forward to us.
0: You mentioned Hayden. How important is it that you work closely with him? You mentioned already he's one of the best and brightest minds in the coaching ranks that we've got today, Uh, a coaching fraternity that has copped its share of criticism and has been through the mill itself for various reasons and various individuals in the last 10 or 15 years. But how important is the working relationship between you and Hayden, which has only just started, to get both of you where you want to be
1: i i can't put enough value on the importance that i and hayden have in our relationship working together we've worked together previously with uh the newport surf club and their um grain academy yep um so now we, that goes
0: back uh, a little while in the in the days when neutral grain put the dollars into that sport yes
1: yeah and now it's uh now it's up to uh, to benefactors to try and put their money in to keep the uh, profile up but either way That's where we met at a pool that I was working at then and we got a rapport going and I was able to learn what he was doing with with the ocean swimmers, which was my thing as well. Mm. And then, yeah, so to come here at Barker and be under and know the knowledge he has and be able to pick that mind every single day if I can, then it's fantastic. But I think one of his biggest assets is definitely the development behind the scenes. Mm. he's a brilliant coach on deck and behind the scenes I, i believe he's even better
0: well it's important to have that behind the scenes thing jack gibson once said that you know if your front office isn't working if your behind the scenes isn't working you're not going to perform on the paddock and that's probably just as true if you don't get the behind the scenes and do the homework right in the office the results are not going to happen out on pool deck are they
1: Correct, and if there's, he's the only human I've met other than myself that would send text messages and emails at 4 o'clock in the morning. So you, you, know, you know you're you know in the right yep. system when, you, when your boss is um, throwing out emails to you at 4 o'clock in the morning. And please, they don't stop till 8.39 o'clock at night either. So I think um, when someone's brain's that alive with swimming and, and the benefits of how we can get this going better for that longer period every day, mm. then then you are in the right section for sure.
0: Before we take the break um, and come back to talk things elites and then, you know, the future and where you see the future going over the next uh, two, five uh, or ten years, where do you want to see this Hornsby Swim Club under your guidance um, in 12 months' time? In 12
1: months' time, I want to see the numbers grow. I think that there's a lot of room for the swim club to have more numbers of all ages involved, and I would love to be able to see them get more competitive, not serious competition, but there are meets around that are fun and friendly. Mm. There was one on the, on the weekend in, at Barker that we had Macquarie Uni. Yep. We had Castle Hill RSL. There was a few clubs involved, mm. and it was a dress-up old-school disco day. <laughs> so we all got dressed up. The kids got dressed up. We didn't even have timekeepers there. It was just good, old-fashioned fun day. So I think that for me, getting that message through to the club that that's what we're after and retention, trying to keep these kids in there swimming too. But not only the kids, I want to see their dad's mums get in there and have a race as well. And and I think that that's when you'll know the club's in a strong place.
0: We'll talk about that in more detail when we come back after the break because it's time to take that break. We'll be back to talk that future development elites and where swimming should be now, and where it hopefully will be in the future when we return on Splinters.
1: It's time to hit the ice. Your all-about-caring Sydney Bears are back for the 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season with all the speed, hits and goals that ice hockey is famous for. Buy a season ticket package to ensure you're not left out in the cold as your Bears rip and tear with the aim of going one better on last year to claim the 2019 Goodall Cup. Log on to bearsden.com.au for all your season ticket and merchandise options. And for the latest Bears news and updates, tune in to The Bench every Friday from 6pm. Sydney Bears,
0: hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Yes, welcome back to Splitters. My name is Tony Dawson, the Sultan on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM at www.triplehfm.com.au and at podcasts.com. The newly appointed Hornsby Swimming Club head coach Matt McSorley is with me. And Matt, uh, before the break we talked about projections of where you want to see this Hornsby Swimming Club going in 12 months' time. Uh, What about longer term than that? Because I would safely assume that you are here for the long haul. You want to be here for the next two, five years and beyond to get yourself out of that comfort zone of uh, narrowbean Sports High that you were probably falling into before. What is your long-term, medium-term goal for this club?
1: For the Hornsby Swim Club, my long-term goal is is a five-year plan to start first year just and um, basically trying to get to know everyone. I, I'm trying to figure out where these athletes lie in far as far as their programming, as far as what they want to do as they move forward with their swimming, and and trying to gain their trust as a coach, so they have some faith in what I'm outlaying when we do do poolside. Uh, Five years, I would love to see Hornsby Swim Club get itself up to a level where they are competing very strongly within their region and and up into the state level. I would dearly fingers crossed with all the hard work that I can put in, try and get some national swimmers coming out of the squad as well. And I certainly believe there's the talent here to do it.
0: I was just going to come to that. From what it's hard to uh, see on. Virtually five seconds, the five seconds you've been here so far. But um, on what you've seen, in that five seconds, is the talent there?
1: 100% the talent's there. And you can tell, as I said before, if it's raining and it's four degrees and you can't even see a swimmer at the other end of the pool because it's that foggy, and they're getting in the water and listening and tuning in to exactly what you're saying, yeah, there's definitely there. And the times that these kids have been doing – have been extremely compet- um, competitive and, and that's the baseline. So if they're competitive already and they've got the mindset that they want to make this happen, then, yeah, we, we certainly do have some uh, future champions within the club.
0: Well, that's the important element, isn't it? The X factor, the attitude, the work ethic, because all over the world, if they want to get to that elite level and have the glory of standing on a podium somewhere, um They've got to put in the hard yards looking at that black line now and be attentive to coaching instruction, haven't they?
1: They certainly do. And they also have to be attentive to their schoolwork, their academics. They have to be attentive to their family. There's a big package that comes with being an athlete. And the pool work, which hopefully they are starting to take on board now, is a massive part of it. And we really want them to to have the skill set that other swimmers don't have. And this is where I tap into the Barker side of things a lot. Mm. To be able to have the pathways that we can move them forward in, in that elite level, is certainly something that hasn't been on offer before at the Hornsby Pool or the Hornsby Swim Club.
0: All right, then. What about uh, coaching instructions and coaching attentiveness? How hard is it to juggle being a coach these days and having to deal with, the many and varied uh, licorice all sorts personalities that you come across uh, as a swim coach or any coach for that matter because some people do need to kick up the backside, other people need a hug and others somewhere in between. In the vexed nature of coach and participant relationships these days where if something goes wrong, lawyers can get called in at 20 paces and we've seen examples of that in swimming, let alone in other sports, how do you juggle being the good cop, bad cop in the one hat?
1: Uh, first off, I've got five kids, so I'm quite used to it. Uh, having five kids in your household at home, teenage girls in in there as well. So I'm quite used to having multiple different personalities through the day mm. in my normal days. I find the key to keeping the squads moving and to keeping the swimmer performing at their best is communication. So if I have an open dialogue with my athlete, then the athlete's going to be welcome to say, hey, I actually have a bad shoulder today. If I have a bad shoulder, can we be doing something other than my shoulder work, my fly, my freestyle, my breaststroke, my backstroke, but I still want to be in the pool. Mm -hmm. I just can't get this shoulder going properly. And so you go through the session with them listening to what they're saying, but still keeping your foot firm because they've got to get that work done as well. And then at the same time, you've got to have that same communication with the parents. So if the parent comes to see you afterwards, you can explain about their shoulder, about what they need to get to physio. Once you get to physio, please come back and let me know what they've said. and Let's get this program moving forward for the condition they're in at this time. So I think communication's the big one. And I think I think that's an asset that I have. I, I, I don't mind talking to the kids. I love to listen to what they have to say. But at the same time, every now and again, you've got to to zip zipper. Let's get those swimming going as well.
0: How, how do you deal with parents, interesting parents? Because I'm sure you get some licorice all sorts there. There are some parents that think that they're better coaches than you, that they've got the next Ian Thorpe on their hands. Then you've got some parents who are quite more than willing to take a backseat because they don't know anything about the sport. How do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a spectrum there of parents. There's, there's the ones that are overly involved in, in what's going on. I think that's great. If they're showing an interest in there, all we need to do is tweak it so that it's working for their child or working for the athlete. So I think the ones that do want to be involved a lot are quite easy to deal with because the communication's there. They want to know information. They want to know what the PB times are for the kids. They want to know what their you know, what the next events are. What are we looking at doing for the kids so that they can move forward? And, and those communications are quite easy. The sleepy one, the Casper ones that you don't see very often around the pool deck, they're, they're a little bit harder. They're a little more, which we're lucky in this day and age. They're an email or they're a text message mm. to just to try and get that dialogue continuing. But the same thing, I think at Hornsby, what I've noticed is you see the faces a lot. So the parents are there. There's not a parent of the swimmers that I have in my lanes that I haven't met yet and seem to, from my side of things, be receiving everything quite well. I put out weekly newsletters to these parents, to all parents and club members.
0: How important is that?
1: Super important. And the feedback behind it, it's been terrific. Uh, we let them know what's happening as far as swim meets are coming up. Uh, school holidays now. So yeah. There, there's swim camps on at Barker. There's swims camps on at other schools, and we, we promote all of those through it and just letting them know, look, the, the pool's also closing for maintenance for four weeks. So there's a timetable. We've been able to shift our swimmers over to Barker for the four weeks. So you have to let them know these things, and we've been going through that process for a fair few weeks now, and, and everyone seems to be worked, you know, it's worked out.
0: What about the difference coming from the northern beaches? I've lived it firsthand myself that there is the escarpment there and there is that little bit of a attitude difference between the northern beaches the insular peninsula and then this side of the escarpment which at times isn't much different but has a lot of differences in the uh, in the vibe how have you found that being someone with a leg in both camps living here but working over there well i
1: can tell you i was a little anxious when i first came out as i said earlier oh it's very different for me to be away from the beaches for my coaching, but having said that you're right it's it 's insular on both sides of it and and I appreciate but in a different way knows, yeah, everyone knows everyone, so you mentioned a name up here, and you know the person you 're talking to knows them very well, and it 's the same down on the beaches. I have noticed up here though that they they seem to be a little more into their swimming, the competitive side because. Mm. They, they don't have the distractions that they have on the northern beaches, so I do find here swimming is taken far more seriously by a lot more than what that is on the beaches.
0: Is that a good thing?
1: It's a terrific thing. It's an absolutely wonderful thing um, because without the competitive side of things, even for adults, for everyone that swims, if you go one day, Tony, and you're doing a you know a two minutes for for a hundred meters, you want to come back in the next day and beat that. Mm, you know, it's yeah. just as your basic example. So that's a competitive nature. We all have it. You may not like to own up to it all the time, Mm -hmm. but we all have it. So if you can get that competitive nature rolling, then I think that that's what gets us there too.
0: How do you manage that to make sure it stays under control though? Because some people, it just, they seem to think that they're standing on the blocks for a hundred metres final when they're doing a basic swim down session. How do you rein that in? Not just in kids, but bigger kids for that matter.
1: Oh, for all ages i'm just lucky it's not a rugby league field because <laughs> sometimes i'd get a little bit worried out there it's a very non contact sport but at least they can beat the water up as much as they want if that's what they're into but for me to compete the competitive nature <clears throat> is to make sure that it's it's spread throughout their sessions so they don't just attack it all in one 5 minute spurt that they're spreading it out over all and i can guarantee you by the time they get out they certainly have got rid of that itch
0: <laughs> All right, you mentioned some of the elites and your first carnival as Hornsby coach rather than Barker coach, and you were quite enthusiastic about some of the uh, young charges under your care that have potential. I'm sure that there are some charges who are probably looking forward to this saying, or maybe some that are not saying, oh, don't talk about me, I don't want to hear this. But there are others saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Run some names past us of those that are under your care that have caught your eye that we may need to look out for, not just now, but perhaps in the future.
1: All right. So, forgiving that, if I forget a name here, I'm going to have one of those parents come at me. So, I've got to make sure I do remember All care taken,
0: no responsibility (laughs) accepted (laughs) if you're listening.
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, I I think what I'm excited about is also at Hornsby Pool, they have the feeder lanes. So, there's lanes, Mm. the 25-metre lanes, The last of the learn to swim, so to speak, there are kids eyeing off our swimmers thinking, I want to get over there. I want to be in those lanes. So Mm. we've allowed those kids to compete as well. Uh, A couple did, Jasmine, uh, Millie, and little Oscar Ryan on the Mm. weekend at the Barker Jewel Meet. These kids thrived. They they were frothing. They were so excited (sighs) about being involved in it. And and yet they're at a level where they're only learning their swim skill, skill set. So to have those there is, is terrific, and that's the feeder program. The feeder program comes from mm. the Hornsby Council pool, and then extends on to us. We have uh, Oscar Cullen and his sister Jasmine are there, and Oscar's he's a character. He, he mm. comes in and he's got his costumes the other day. Don't tell him, but oh, yes. Yeah. So you turn up for swimming, you have your full kit bag. It's freezing cold, and then you remember oh the costume. Mm. And that's where the good parents come in, they come and deliver them for them. So <laughs> otherwise he was gonna to have to get one out of lost property. Yeah. Uh there's the Sloan, Emma Sloan, Mia Ryan. Oh, the list is long. I know I'm gonna forget someone getting yeah. super trouble. Summer Reeve, who's fantastic. I've also got all of these guys tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, at the local newspaper, the Hornsby Advocate, are coming down to do a few photos of them as well, which is fantastic. That is
0: uh Friday afternoon, the 5th of July. If you're listening to this on podcast, post the 5th of July.
1: Yes, and, and hopefully, um, yeah, that, that's an amazing thing that they're giving up their time like you are, Tony, to, to help out these kids and, and further their excitement in the sport. So the athletes moving, going back to the athletes moving forward, Ayush, Ethan, uh, Little Jack, who comes in the mornings as well, they call them the boy band. Ah, uh, the boy band get together three mornings a week and train train themselves silly in the afternoons. Uh, Hannah, Matthew, Costello. There's, there's
0: yeah, and we've probably forgotten them. someone. So apologies to those that we may have forgotten. There, so If they
1: come up in my brain before I, before I leave the set. I'll um I'll have to blurt them out.
0: Before. Indeed. All right then. You mentioned children from non-swimming backgrounds. You're probably the one thing you have found about the Hornsby-Kuringai area compared to the northern beaches is the changing dynamic, the changing demographic. You've only got to look at the blocks of flats that are going up in the Hornsby, particularly near Hornsby train station. the Let's say the Hornsby Metro CBD, for want of a better term, um, of the non-Anglo background. Um, it's one of the things
1: I love about mm, this area since mm, coming here and, and, and being able to work in the area, the multiculturalism that goes on in Hornsby are greater than in the northern beaches. And, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Back in a previous life, I was a chef. So yep. I really appreciate the the differences. And, and mm. I quite enjoy them. So, yeah, I, I am understanding. I do feel that that's an asset that maybe the northern beaches could be looking at from from the Hornsby.
0: Well, how do you, uh, not so much change, but educate the parents? You mentioned the one example about the one kid in your squad who's the only swimmer in his family. How do you educate parents, aunties, uncles who have never swum in their lives and are probably scared of the water to say it's not such a bad thing? Look at how your son, daughter, nephew, niece is going. Why don't you give it a go? Because that would be such a boost for that kid.
1: Yes. Well, for me, it's, it will be a grand day for me if I could actually get any of those relatives in the pool. Mm. So that's the concept for me. I ask them to come down to poolside because they won't even come in the center they're that concerned about the water that they won't even come into the center. So when we can get them inside the doors have a look at their relative that is swimming and just and let them you know let them see how much fun they're having take them inside let them have a look around the Great Council pool with all the you know the fun items they have in there in the wading pools and, mm. And maybe, just maybe, we, we can get them moving. And I think that's when you'll see things change quite a lot. And to be honest, a little bit selfish, the athlete base will grow as well because there'll be more people involved in it.
0: That's the key, isn't it, to trying to grow the athlete base? It's a numbers game at the end of the day. How competitive is it that swimming has to go head-to-head with your winter sports, your four codes... Your summer sports, cricket, tennis, etc. How competitive is it in what is a small talent pool for numbers compared to other parts of Sydney, other parts of Australia, other parts of the world to get talent through the door? Yeah, and what plans right. have you got to get that talent through the door? More importantly,
1: the talent through the door comes back to me on pool deck and to what Barker and Hornsby Swim Club are providing for for the kids uh, of all levels. So. I feel that the talent pool here is a lot, there's a lot more talent here. Untapped, willing, you're saying? Untapped and, and willing to have a go. I also believe that there's a lot more multi-sports going on. So your swimmer might be a netballer and the netballer, netballer might be a softballer at the same time. So it's, it's how much they're enjoying the sport and the competitive nature of it as to whether or not they'll stay in. And I think that that's, that's where the Hornsby Swim Club has the advantage.
0: What about going forward into an Olympic year? The general public perception and awareness of swimming always heightens um, in an Olympic Games year, to a lesser extent in a Commonwealth Games year. But 2020 is an Olympic Games year, and the way the Olympic Games is structured, swimming up front is where Australia bank their gold medals for the rest of the Olympic Games, uh, for better or worse, and has done so. For the last 50 to 60 years, and we all know the great history that Australia has through the likes of Rose and the Conrad sisters and Dawn Fraser and Thorpe and Hackett and O'Neill and Wickham and Ford and all of those through to the Larkins of today. How important is it to tap into that awareness to try and get people, or will it be, to get people down to Hornsby Swim Club in 12 months' time when we're going to be gearing up for the Tokyo Olympics?
1: Well, as long as everyone keeps themselves uh, nice and healthy in the Olympic team, then I don't think we'll have a problem. I really believe one of the things that swimming has is it's not rugby league. You don't have all of these background horror stories going on day in, day out. One of the players has done this, done that. You don't hear about that from swimming. It's, it's a very clean-natured sport.
0: Well, not now you don't. I mean, there was a time when you did, but the we covered off on that. The powers that be cleaned that up.
1: Absolutely cleaned it up. And then and they've made the sport to be... For everyone so it, i feel that when we lift up to these olympic games again everyone's interest is spiked but i certainly feel that everyone and for me barker and hornsby swim club are ready for that spike to take these athletes on to new athletes or perhaps ones that are seeing it and as i said are multi athletes mm. okay i want to focus on swimming now i've seen that olympics seen the campbell sisters absolutely yep. smash it and that's me that's what i want so we then take those athletes and move forward with them. And that is where the governing body has started. And I feel by the time this Olympics come around, we will have a big influx of new athletes in the world. And for the right reasons.
0: Rather than other reasons in the past. Correct. The Campbell sisters moving to Sydney is also a, a help because you'll be yeah, yeah. seeing them at much closer quarters uh, in the lead up uh, to Tokyo. All right. That leads me to the next question. I presume you have some plans in place for marketing, perhaps, or perhaps greater awareness in that Olympic period that you're probably working on now. I don't want you to reveal them to us because that that telling tales out of skill. But I'm, but you do have some plans in place for that what July August 2020 period when everyone will know about swimming for at least two weeks, and we're going to have 26 million armchair swimming definitely. experts.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. We certainly do have things in place and that's why the system started now. Well, 18 months ago, when Hayden Belshaw came to Barker, that's when it started. So the program has been moved forward consistently with the, with the plans, and what happens now is we have the best coaches available at Barker. I've now come in as well to take the Hornsby side of things. So when that influx happens, our systems are in place, and we're ready for them. We're absolutely ready for this talent to come in, and and let's hope that they, um, they have a good interest in the sport to want to stay in it as well.
0: Because that's the thing, too. They want to stay in the You want them to keep them in the sport for life, to enjoy the water life that you, Hayden, have enjoyed and have developed for yourselves because you can make a life out of this, can't you? It, it's a, it can be a tough life like any profession, but you can make a life out of this, can't you?
1: 100%. So my daughter's just finished university. Uh, she was a swim teacher all through university. And it's that great job for a university, so for a university student, so she was able to get you a couple of shifts here and there around her lectures mm. and around her study, and it's kept her in the water. You're teaching kids you've seen these young young kids can't throw an arm over or can't kick, can't even put their face in the water, and you're giving them that experience of life so yeah, and all the way through, if you want to keep pursuing it from there, you can move into your coaching ranks, and a lot of the athletes at Barker, there's a give back system where mm. They actually get those skills taught to them, and then you'll find a lot of the swim teachers, coaches have actually come all through the system. So, taking it from there, and they go to their summer sports. They go to mm. their ocean swimming. As you get older, to my more mature age, you might want to be doing a few ocean swims or triathlons, and that's or kayak
0: competitions, whatever the case the kayaks, might be.
1: Paddling, yeah, whatever it may be. Oh, I've got to throw in Oscar and Jude Stoddard too. The all two, right, they're the, the two first brothers. two. is forgotten. Two we've forgotten, and their dad, Chris. Yeah, so <laughs> apologies. He swims too.
0: So. Indeed. All right. Now, for those that have had the interest tweaked and spiked by this, and hopefully you have because um, it's a great Australian tradition um, which is different to other parts of the world because we as an island nation girt by sea have to swim to basically survive and enjoy the lifestyle. If they're interested, uh now and want to get in touch here's the plug bit how do they do that how do they do that
1: The uh, best way to get involved with uh, my squads at hornsby is swim at barker is the best way you ring dean reception there she will look after you and they will give you the timetables available for the swim center as i said they are closing for maintenance for four weeks but we do have programs available at barker during that time so yeah just get hold of barker aquatics swim at barker and ask to join my squads, Matt McSorley, and we will look after you. Vice if you're around the pool, just come in and have a chat. There's nothing better than being able to talk to a person and see if that's actually what you are, You know, if that's the kind of person you want coaching you. Have a look at the programs going on in the lanes. If, they, if you see the kids doing what you want your child to do, or even the adults, and that's what you want to do, or the fit and fast lanes, which is your teenagers, non-competitive teenagers, then yeah, I'm the one. So you can m m c s o r l e y at barker dot south wales dot Okay,
0: for repeat that for those that are just writing it down to are old school instead of t- or typing it in straight away into their into their system. M McSorley.
1: M m c s o r l e y at barker.
0: B a r k a r. Yep.
1: Dot New South Wales nsw.edu.au yep.
0: and I'm sure that you'll be able to uh to help them on their on their swimming journey two things before you go first um the average joe who'll never make it um, uh, how imp- how important not not make it in an elite uh, aspect yes. but wants to improve their health and fitness their doctor has told them hey listen you've got to get into the pool and help You can go all the way back to American President Franklin Delano Roosevelt who had his polio not cured but certainly controlled and maintained under control by an extensive swimming program or those who just need to lose some weight and who doesn't? I think we all do due to the lifestyle we've got. Um, How important is it finally to get that market expanded from where it is now?
1: Uh, It's vital. So... The absolute job that I have is to make sure people stay as fit and healthy as they can. At the end of the day, all the competitive swimming, all of the nature of all of the squads that we do, it is to make sure people are fit and mm. healthy. So you can go back to, I mean, I couldn't tell you the amount of swimmers that have come through, asthma, yep, diabetes, all of these raft of um, medical issues, and they've mostly got them picked by just swimming so yeah when you come in if you have any of those ailments it's okay we just chat about it we get the conversation going and then we tailor it to it so uh, it is absolutely vital and you're right the world's changing it's very easy to sit in a place now for eight nine hours on your youtube or on your you know your facebook or your google machine whatever it is mm-hmm. and it and before you know at the time to go and train or to go and enjoy it's something it, outdoors is gone it's absolutely gone so yeah, it's imperative. And it's, it's my job and it's Barker's job and Hornsby and everyone that's in this environment to look after it.
0: Last thing before we go. Um, five to ten years' time. Hopefully you're there for that length of time. That's the plan, I presume, anyway. Yeah, fingers uh, crossed. Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. But where do you see... Hornsby Swim Club and Barker working hand-to-hand five to ten years down the track when you celebrate your 10th anniversary of appointment as Hornsby Swimming Club coach. Would you like to have perhaps a, uh, maybe not just an Olympic medalist that's come through your team, but someone that has saved their own quality of life from that?
1: I would, I would, I would like to say that I would have a good shot at both of them. Mm. Um, a little side of me would like to say I'd like to see Hornsby's Hornsby Swim Club, maybe seed their levels. Um, punch above their weight. Punch above their weight. I love that one. Yeah, absolutely. So they that would be my goals for the five to ten years. Number one, still be here. And I would definitely like to see a high-quality swimmer come out of the pool. Multiple high-quality swimmers come through the program. Mm. And definitely like to know that uh, we've got some fit, healthy, and safe, water-safe people in, in our town. It'd be great.
0: Matt McSorley, we could go on for another three or four or five hours, but we have run out of time. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. We'll be in touch as uh, we go forward. We may even get your opinion on the bench on things, all things swimming, well, particu- particularly particularly with the Olympic Games round the corner. There'll be Australian trials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but more importantly, what's happening at a local level on how to join the Hornsby Swimming Club, whether you in the Barker system or whether you're not. It's been a, a, a real thrill to have you on Splinters and we hope to catch up with you again soon.
1: I appreciate your time and uh, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience for me and again, thank you to the community for um welcoming me in. It really means a lot to me and my family so thank you very much, Tony.
0: Thank you very much, Matt. That is all for another edition of Splinters. We'll be back again same time next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock on H 100.1 FM on the web at au and at podcasts. Com. But until then, this is the Sultan Tony Dawson saying goodbye.